Welcome to the Love Is Coming podcast, the must-listen show for single women struggling to attain or sustain a romantic relationship. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, author, speaker, and according to the Times Magazine, one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Before that, I was a serial cheat and obsessive love addict, but I'm now a bride-to-be and in the best relationship of my life. So, if you're trying to do the work on your love life, you are definitely in the right place. But here on the Love Is Coming podcast, we serve your education with a side of entertainment. Expect serious stuff talked about not so seriously, solo agony on episodes with yours truly, and guest episodes showcasing some of the best in the biz in ways you've never seen them before. So, got a dating dilemma? Swiping right but haven't yet found Mr. Right? then let's get raw, real, and a little bit inappropriate because love is coming for you, baby, in more ways than one. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I am very thrilled to introduce you to my friend, Kim Meller. Kim is a manifestation coach who supports women to manifest their dream life, and and she is also host of the Soul Digger podcast, which helps women live aligned and crush their goals with soul. And I was very, very lucky to be a guest on Kim's podcast very recently. So, Kim, hello. How are you, my love? Hello, my love. (laughs) Do you know what? I absolutely buzz off you. I think put you on a stage and you could do stand-up comedy just from being you. (laughs) I think you're hilarious. Oh, thank you. What a lovely start to the episode. Always love a bit of flattery. It gets you everywhere with me. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So basically, what I wanted to start by saying is that this podcast, the Love Is Coming podcast, in many ways... Is um, is a very deep podcast, but dressed up as quite a basic bitch podcast. <laughs> like I like to say things in layman's terms, even though we do tend to talk about quite spiritual deep things. Um, I I always want to appeal to the version of me, essentially in my mid twenties, who didn't really know any of this stuff, and and was very new to it. So like layman's terms. So what I want to start with is asking you, Kim, as a manifestation coach, what the fuck is manifesting? (laughs) I love that you said basic bitch, basically. I'm buzzing off that. (laughs) Basic bitch. I'm finding myself saying it a lot recently. Like when it, when it like came out and like, I don't even know what year everyone was saying basic bitch. I wasn't really interested, didn't really know what it meant. And for some reason in the last few weeks, I can't stop saying it. I don't even really know what basic bitch is. Just like, I guess... Well, I guess it is what it says on the tin, like, just quite basic. <laughs> oh my God, I Clearly, I'm a basic bitch if I don't even fucking know what it means. <laughs> well, you're in good company as well with me. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. So what is manifesting? Oh, manifesting is such a magical energy to basically attract anything that you possibly want in the world. And yeah, I, I've just become obsessed with it the past five years, I'd say. Like I've only just kind of got into this spiritual esoteric world the past five years. Before that, I was doing a lot of like personal development, you know, like Grant Cardone, Richard Branson, Robert Kiyosaki, like all the masculine energy. And I've, I felt like something was mm-hmm. missing because that was all logical and it was like effort and it was strategy. And I just knew that there was something... I couldn't quite put my finger on that was having a bigger part to play, but I had no idea what that was until mm-hmm. I discovered the laws of the universe and vibration and energy. And it's completely transformed my whole entire life. Mm. Do you know what you've, okay. You've opened up a really interesting angle on this because there may be some basic bitches like myself listening. I mean, yeah, look, I know, I know about manifesting, but for some people, who they might not know about it. Um, but what is interesting you said there, I said before you were into that very so the personal development and that was very masculine. So can you talk a bit about like, what is the difference between that approach? Because, you know, you can look at those those guys or, or even some women who are coming from that very masculine energy and they are still getting stuff. They might still be making millions and getting, you know, great success. So what is the difference in the approach? What are those sort of people or those men What's their approach versus the sort of more feminine energy that you've been talking about and more feminine approach? Mm. Well, first of all, like men and women both have masculine and feminine within them. 
which I didn't really get or understand. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a basic bitch in my 20s, I, I, I didn't know what feminine, masculine was. I was a woman and that was a man. And <laughs> this is a completely new world to me. So like the, the masculine in all of us wants to like strive and control. It's like the, the get shit done, basically. It's to get shit done, do mm-hmm. the thing, lead with your energy. And if, if it's going to work, it's because of your efforting. And then the feminine is floaty, it's trusting, it's embodied. It's like when we ovulate and when a sperm, you know, wants to impregnate us, the ovary just sits there and waits for the sperm. So if you imagine a woman, like, mm. feminine energy is like the ovary, just waiting, and the sperm is like, I want to get there as fast as I can. I want to compete with all these other sperms. I'm going to make sure I'm going to impregnate that egg because I need to pass on my DNA. And it's it's going from being wanting to be the best in the world, I think for the best for the world, is the dynamic. (gasps) Oh, oh God, that was good. Oh, I just got shivers. Okay, right. I'm going to stop you again. This is this is really good. Okay, so I love that you just said. So with the men, it's the best, wait, the best in the world and the feminine is more the best for the world. That is so, you know, if, if I had, you know, if I cared about Twitter, then I'd say that's a tweetable, but I don't. So just write it in your notebook. That is such, I love that. That's really powerful. I've never heard it said like that. Um, God, this is like a really deep basic bitch episode, isn't it? Already. <laughs> It's not so basic. Um, so we need. What's the opposite of basic that begins with a B? I was just. I've been trying to think that, and I can't. But we'll, we will, by the end of the episode, come up with a word. <laughs> it will be really obvious as well. Um, okay. The other thing that you said there is so relevant to what I teach in terms of dating and romance. So you were saying about. I love that example of the ovary just sits there, chills out, is a goddess sort of. You know, as my friend Fleur says, it's like imagine you're a mermaid on a rock, sort of just combing your hair, singing, having a lovely time, and there's the man who's you know like think this is back to sort of. Um, you know, the Odyssey um, by Homer, that ancient, uh, God, is it Greek? Yeah, ancient Greek text. And um, where Odysseus is like, goes with all his men and they're in their ship and they're going on adventures and they're fighting monsters and all this. And then there's the beautiful sirens who just sing and like they're, you know, brushing their hair. And the it's that thing of the men want to effort. They want to feel that energy because it makes them feel empowered in their masculine. And the women, they don't have to do all that much. They just need to be in the energy of their divinity and their brilliance and their gorgeousness. So that is so powerful because I say with dating, like, you know, you really don't, you just need to know how great you are. It's not about that you never do anything for the man. That's not what I'm saying. But there is an energy, if you look to nature, where the masculine wants to pursue and impress the female. Look at peacocks. The male peacocks are the ones with those feathers that are all gorgeous and showy off here, you know? And, um, and, I don't think it's an unfeminist perspective. I think that's what's kind of come out. You know, people seem to say, oh, it's like really unfeminist that a, a woman can't ask a man out. I'm like, a woman absolutely can ask, ask a man out if she wants to, but she doesn't need to. She really doesn't need to. What are your thoughts on that sort of the dynamic in terms of what you just said about the sperm and the egg, if you apply it to sort of dating and romance? <laughs> I've just got all sorts of visions of sperm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh lovely um okay try get that right um so yeah I mean this is this has been a thing for me because you know I I manifest things really easily but my my, my partner is the thing that is you know it, it's on its way but you know that's why I discovered you and your amazing work because I was like oh my god like love is coming like when is it coming so like masculine and feminine and dating has something that I've been balancing because I've been this very masculine drive hustle and listen I got shit done and I'm successful and I got to where I wanted to get in business to a certain point but then I was burnt out and I was just like oh does this mean to earn more money I have to work even harder um and so that's when things started to flip for me Mm -hmm. but also I think because I was only seeing people who were working hard who were striving who were masculine I had no other evidence to prove that anything else was possible because we mm. operate from a belief system that we have and all our beliefs are basically lies that we tell ourselves. And so when you open up your mind to, oh my gosh, Gabrielle mm. Bernstein, she's spiritual. 
she's successful and she's doing it with ease and flow. And then you've got all of these other options. And it's like, actually, every paradigm is available. Which one do you want to choose? And then when I started to like tune in more to like Gabrielle Bernstein, mm-hmm. Marianne Williamson, all these incredible thought leaders who are incredible, powerful women making impacts, I was like, I want to do it their way. And so then I kind of stepped into more of the feminine energy. But then I think I went a little bit through in my mm-hmm. feminine where I was just almost just doing nothing. And so I've had this balance of <laughs> discovering what is right. the middle ground because it does need to be 10 or 20% aligned action, but from that place of like 80% feeling mm-hmm. good and vibration. And so my relationships have yep. reflected that shift in my energy. So my last relationship with my partner, mm-hmm. I was the one that ended up paying all the rent, paying all the bills, making it work because I was in that masculine energy until it got to the point where mm-hmm. the polarity went off. We weren't having sex. I was not attracted to him. He felt emasculated. And I was like, this is not working for me. And so I've been on this mm-hmm. journey of, of trying to be in this receptive mode and actually let a guy take me out for dinner and not have to reach for my purse. And mm-hmm. should I reach for my purse? Should he pay for the first date? Should he make the first move? So I've got a massive journey in the past 18 months in like really discovering the power of being feminine and the fact that men want our feminine, like, cause they haven't got it. So if, if I was to think about it, you know, we go and get our hair done, our nails and our makeup done. We spend so much money on ourselves. Why would we then go and want to pay for the meal? It's like, we are the price. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm in a place that. now where I am manifesting men who want to provide for me because inherently men mm-hmm. want to provide and it makes them feel more masculine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's interesting being a powerful, strong woman with big ambitions, but also being submissive and being provided for. It's an interesting one. Mm. Yeah, well, I would say, so I would say don't not to use the word submissive just because, I, well, my personal, I've got like a weird thing around that because I don't think it's about being submissive, which for me it has the connotations of like, I'm submitting to you, you are the powerful one. It's actually, I see it the other way around. I'm like, no, you are always, I talk about this in my book, Love is Coming. You hold all the cards. Women hold all the cards. We just don't realize that we do. Even if a man is not into you, if you realize, if you're like, yeah, this doesn't feel good to me, he's pulling away and it doesn't feel good, you have the conversation, then you can choose to step back from that. So even if he's not into you, you still have the cards because nine times out of 10, he's not going to be brave enough to say this. Yeah, I'm not into you. So you can say, this doesn't feel good to me. So I'm choosing to step away. So uh, there's so many things. I've been writing down notes. There's so many things you said there that are really great. And I see this all the time with the high achieving women I coach that they end up paying for everything for their men. Generally speaking, obviously there are exceptions to that. And that's because they are used to being in that really driven energy, like providing for themselves. So then it, you know, men can be attracted to that at the beginning because it's a little bit like, oh, great free meal ticket. And it's, you know, in a way it's sexy. In many ways it's sexy. But then it's like you, you said, it's like, then it, it, the, um, the dynamic gets confused and they don't feel good, you know, if, if, because you're, you're assuming that masculine identity. So then they like over time, they stop feeling good. They stop feeling in, in their power. And so do you, you stop feeling in your power as a woman because you're operating so much the masculine. So I love that you said that. And I also love that you talked about Kim, um, that that whilst you like really felt like you nailed this and you've been absolutely doing this for a long time in your career that in your when it came to your love life it was it's been like a harder transition could you speak a little bit more into that and why you think that is and what the just a little bit more into like the shift that you've been going through so that you can feel that same ease and flow that you are now feeling more in your work in your love life as well mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really funny, actually, because I'm currently sat in a five-bedroom mansion in Bali with the most incredible sisterhood. And, you know, eight months ago, I was in England, just in an Airbnb, thinking, where am I next going to be in my life? And so I've manifested this incredible life of luxury and, like, support. And I just feel like an absolute queen. And it's just the man Mm. situation, that is like, oh, where is it? And I, th- I think because mm-hmm. I just want it so much, like 
I know it's one of my purposes in life is to meet my partner and to do great things in the world together. And that's something that you taught me on our podcast is thinking about how can you make an impact as a team together? And I think because I want it so much, of course, like anything, it, it has more resistance to it. And so it's this balancing act yeah. between not letting it go completely and not being bothered, but just trusting and holding the faith. So it's been so happy and grateful for where I am and what I have, but being excited for when it comes. And that requires complete and utter trust because mm-hmm. when what you want isn't yet in your reality, that's mm. the real test of your vibrational, it's a vibrational reality. But sometimes I can get really pissed off yeah. and really annoyed. I'm like, where is he? Where the fuck is he? And because I just mm-hmm. don't want to settle. Like my biggest fear is settling for yeah. average. And I'm just like, shit, is he actually there? Is, it, is he actually going to want me? You know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that. I love that you shared that so vulnerably because I can't tell you how many high achieving successful women say exactly the same to me, but they would never feel bold enough to say that in like a public forum. But actually it's so important. It's like, I felt exactly the same before Joe came along. You know, at the time, I mean, I wasn't doing great financially because I was, I still have the skin actress mentality, but I had a book deal with a major publisher, like, like the, you know, loads of press. So, so there was a lot of things that were going really well. Um, and I was actually, no, actually I was, by that point, just before I met Joe, my my uh, I was st- like taking a big turn in my financial life. It was a really pivotal t- pivotal time this summer that I met Joe, um, and yeah, I I really relate to everything you said. That that's exactly how I felt myself, and it's just it's being in the between phase. And listen, I felt the same in my career. I felt the same, but like when I want things, like I deeply obsessively want them you know and I was the same for with my love life like that was always the most important thing even over career which is you know a big they're always like the big two um but I've it really is like as I've been experiencing in uh like I'll be I will do the same as you've just done and get really vulnerable now about something that's been like really like something present for me is my obsession like I believe in the book I've written so much and I'm so proud of it and so it became you know it can become when you're like I was very I am or was very attached to it and how it does and all of that sort of you know vanity metrics and when it came out like I I did so much work around just being like let go of the outcome invest in the process give everything to this book be proud of it you know pray for it to reach the the people it's going to reach but let go in the same way I teach women let go of how it gets in their hands you know when you know all all the sort of details just know what the vision is of you seeing women with that book and having a really powerful experience with it and obviously wanting as many people as possible and I've done so much work around the letting go that when it came to the day of the book launch and like there were so many things that seemed like they were going wrong like the fucking England getting into the semi-final for the Euros the, the, the one time in 25 years and it was on the same night as my book launch and I was like damn it is it really bad that I'm livid that England are in the semi-final it sounds so silly now but it ended up being like the most magical night we watched the we watched the football afterwards in this private members club that we had the the launch in um and it, it couldn't have been more magical and I could never have predicted that and it was just a reminder that like what you think how it should look is never the best, like, you don't know because you can't see the whole picture. And literally, well, I've got to the point of releasing it. Was it a couple of days ago I got contacted by Vogue magazine to talk about the book? And I was like, I don't even know where that's come from. And that's, that wasn't even on my, like, manifesting, you know, that wasn't, I didn't even, it didn't really occur to me. And that's exactly the experience of how I met, of like how Joe came into my life, which is really interesting because on we're going to Wilderness Festival where we met this weekend. And on Friday, it's his birthday and it's our six year anniversary. And when I think back to that, so it's really nice we're talking about manifesting this week because, you know, the, how I manif- I did manifest that with the universe, like it wasn't all me, but it was better than I could have imagined. So I want to ask you in real time now, Kim, like, can you imagine, given all the work that you've been doing around like around yourself, spirituality, personal development, and in regards to your love life, can you imagine that the love story that comes could be even better than you could have even predicted? 
Mm. Yeah, I'm like 70% yeah, and then 30% is just like, mm, when, but how? And that's when I know that there's still a little bit. I don't even want to like work at it. I just kind of want to let it go and just be in the feeling. And I was listening to an Abraham Hicks um, audio today and I was just like, just getting back aligned, getting in the flow, just trusting it all. And, you know, as a woman, you know, I'm 37 years old and, you know, I've got to think about the ovaries and the baby. Do I want babies? Do I not want babies? And it's just, it's this, this added Mm -hmm. pressure, I think that comes into women who are a little bit older um, but what I have come to in terms of that is I've just said I'm surrendering it to the higher power. Whatever happens is for the highest and best. And if for whatever reason I can't have children by the time I meet him, my number one priority is to meet my person. I don't just want to have kids randomly. It's just not my, mm. my calling. And I've got massive respect for women who actually do want to be mums and seek any opportunity possible. But then I was also like, well, what's the worst case scenario? Well, there's so many children who do need home. So if I meet him and he's the perfect match and we both want children, then we can adopt. So I feel that's kind of calmed my nervous system down in like searching for him, you know, time-wise, which has been good. Mm -hmm. I love that you said that. And you know what I want to say, which I hope will give you some... um, relief I don't know if that's the right word you don't have to be a hundred percent you don't have to be a hundred percent trusting and a hundred percent oh it's all going to be fun like you're you are we are human we are allowed to have moments where we go oh, is it gonna happen though I even the day like the when I met Joe so on the Friday we met and then we were supposed to meet up the next day but little did I know our texts weren't going through because we were at a festival but it seemed like he had ghosted me and I remember being at the festival and having those moments where I was looking around for him. And I and this is the key. It's not that you don't have those moments where you go, where is he? Where? It's that you bring yourself back. It's the discipline of bringing yourself back. Because when I'd been at the festival the year before looking around for my husband, which I'm being deadly serious, I mean, that's the opening of my book, essentially me just being like, where is he? At this festival, like a mad woman. Um I didn't bring myself back because I didn't really understand that at the time. I just was like, no, what I need is to find the man. So when you're at the place that you are, that when you feel that pang or that, you know, that you are able to go and pick up one of your tools, whether that's listening to Abraham Hicks, whether that's getting back into the energy of gratitude or, or saying a prayer, whatever it is, that is the important thing is that you keep bringing yourself back, keep bringing yourself back, keep bringing yourself back. And then... In one of those moments where, you know, when you were talking about this incredible, abundant life you're living in Bali, when you are complete, just surrender, having fun, not even thinking about him, you will have the moment that I had where it will, you know, whatever that looks like for you. And it really be, it it always happens in the moment you're not thinking about it, but you don't have to not be thinking about it 100% of the time because that would mean that you would be enlightened. (laughs) And you know what, Kim, I know we're, we're like pretty savvy, but we're not quite at that level yet. Yet, give us time. Give us five years. <laughs> yeah, we're too basic for enlightenment today, but we'll see. So, oh God, I love that we talked about that and and so openly and honestly because I have so many women who are in their late thirties or even early forties who are, you know, the baby the baby thing. You know, men don't have to deal with this shit. We do have biological clocks, and I'm someone who. Like, I've been always like, oh, do I want kids? I'm not sure. But there is this thing in me, particularly since getting a puppy, that's, you know, definitely kind of interested, curious, thinks I do at some point, but would love kind of just to enjoy my life for another decade in all honesty as it is. But, you know, other friends of mine or, or, you know, uh, women I work with are, they know that the one thing they have always wanted is to be a mother. And you're like what you said earlier about when we really deeply desire something, that is the thing that's going to bring up the most resistance. It was for me. And that's why I had to do so much fucking work around my love life because I was so attached to it. And, you know, same with me in my career. Like I've been so attached to it because I've always been a high achiever. And so the, the, the level of 
having to do work around letting go that I used to have to do in my love life, I have to do with my work. And and it is working. Like I do genuinely just feel much more relaxed about it and like trusting, you know, what will be will be and enjoying the journey. Because that's the key. It's not just, you know, we can get so fixated on getting the partner, but it's like, but can you enjoy the journey towards the partner? Because that's, that is like, it's it's almost only like once you get in that relationship, you look back and you think, balls, I wish I'd like enjoyed the single life more. And, and I did in the, the year before Joe, but there was so much time that I just spent feeling less than, like obsessing about it, you know, not feeling good enough. So, oh, I could just talk about this all day with you. I would really love to talk about now, slight shift. So still on the manifesting um topic very much but um as I came to realize like as long the key is to feel good in your life in general it doesn't matter whether you're like feeling good in your love life like obviously that we want to be but if you're feeling good in other areas of your life or just in, in life in general then you you raise your vibration which does make it much easier to call in that partner that we desire because we're not focused like in the negativity and like obsessing around not having that relationship yet so could you firstly share some um share a bit more about like what what stops us feeling good what stops us manifesting the things that we want I know you've touched on resistance already but could you go a little bit more into into what holds us back Mm. Yeah, so the thing is, we, we get what we think about whether we like it or not. But we don't get what we want, we get who we are. And so what people get wrong is mm-hmm. they try and manifest from their current reality of the same thoughts, the same habits, the same vibration. If you imagine it like a radio station, if you're on like 101 FM, but you're trying to manifest 111 FM, and you're not changing the frequency, then you're never going to get there. And so you don't get what you consciously want, you get who you are. And so a lot of people aren't stepping up into that highest version of themselves. You know, just imagine the person that you want to be, the person's life that you want to emulate, you know, how much money are they earning? Where do they live? How do they feel? How do they dress? And then that has to become your vibration now. I can remember when I was in an Airbnb before I came to Bali, I had clothes everywhere. None of them I loved. And I was just like, I do not feel like the multimillionaire self that I know is within me. And so I thought, right, what would I wear? Mm -hmm. I'd wear all these eco luxurious, gorgeous brands. I'd be living in Bali. I'd wear this incredibly, you know, expensive and, you know, eco jewelry brand that makes me feel luxurious and like a goddess. And I started to create a vision board. I was like, this is the multimillionaire version of me. What I would I was finding myself just wearing the old clothes because I just didn't want to wear the new clothes because I was saving them for a special occasion. You know, I was finding myself, I was mm-hmm. using the same tea bag two or three times. And I was like, whoa, 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 mm-hmm. whoa. Like, do I not feel worthy enough to have a fresh tea bag? Do I not feel worthy enough to wear mm-hmm. the clothes now to then attract the things to me? And then what happened was Mm -hmm. literally three weeks later, I was in a villa in Bali and I was doing a photo shoot with my best friend, Gina, modeling the clothes and the jewelry that were on my vision board. And that's all because because I decided to bring in the characteristics and emulate that high version of myself now. Like our life right now is just a collection of stories that we tell ourselves. So when you change your stories, you change your life. You don't change your life. You change the habits and the stories which then change your life. And that's the secret is having yeah. the courage to, to, to be something before you're not. But I can remember like from a young age, you know, people used to say to me, oh, you think you're too good for your boots, you do? You know, because I was a model for 20 odd years. And, um, oh, you know, don't, don't get too big for your boots and, and don't go flashing. You know, so constantly all of this programming was, don't show off, don't be too much, just stay beneath the radar. So to actually like imagine yourself in a villa with millions in the bank, being confident was something that wasn't really applauded back then. Mm. 
Oh, God, I love what you said here. Okay, so this is so important. What you're talking about is identity. And actually, you know what you were saying, the clothes thing. I have been, um, I so relate to that, I can't even tell you. And because like we've moved into this, like the house, we're going to renovate it and it'll be amazing. But right now it's, I'll be honest, it's a granny bungalow. And to be honest, it's bloody, I love it. Like it, we've, we've styled it out, we've decked it out. It's like, it's great. But I have noticed how, because it's not that brand spanking new thing, I've got things in my, like, even though I cleared out all my shitty old clothes before we moved, you know, somehow you're like, how does, how does this stuff just like appear? Like all of this crap. And I'm, I, I've been like, I can't trust myself to like, chuck out like it's like if it's there I'm gonna wear it if it's especially if it's comfortable um but you can like you said like you can absolutely have comfortable clothes that are really like beautiful high end and I'm not even talking about spending thousands on it like you can get like you know for 100 200 quid like some really gorgeous stuff but I feel like and I hope that this person exists I'm sure they do it's like I need to pay someone to come in and I don't know maybe when I when we renovate and like go through my wardrobe with me because I need, like, I don't trust myself to do it. It's the same as having a coach, basically. You know, when you're like, I need to pay someone to hold myself accountable to it. Mm. Um, but I think that that's a really good place to start is, and I, in fact, like, let, let's do it now. I, I love that this is becoming sort of a mini, like, you're, I feel like you're coaching me and then I'm coaching you right back. So how would that, the identity piece, be, what would you do differently? Or what? Would, how would you show up? differently maybe if you were in that relationship like what where is the identity piece with regards to that I'd be calm I wouldn't be swiping like there's no tomorrow on tinder <laughs> <laughs> like no 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 um I just feel I'd feel calm I'd feel trusting mm. and I would just be very much in my own energy of just knowing that I'm beautiful and I have everything that I need. I wouldn't be like going to the gym and looking for the hot guys. I wouldn't be searching for things outside of myself. I'd just be like in my own energy. Mm-hmm. And I noticed this a few weeks ago because there's mm-hmm. some like incredibly hot guys at CrossFit and some of them have got like huge followings. And I was finding myself being someone different around them. And on reflection, mm-hmm. that was because I didn't feel good enough being me. And so it's just always coming back yeah. home and just being myself, being stupid, being wacky, being a basic bitch, being a, you know, mm-hmm. a, a multimillionaire, mm-hmm. vibrational bank account, you know, just being all of me and not ever dumb, dumbing myself down to, 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 to fit in with a guy. You know, I was just chatting to a guy. On, Do you know what? To one. Go on. No, no, you go on. You go on. You go on. I was chatting to a guy on Tinder then and we were like, we, we migrated to the WhatsApp. So we're in base one and we're chatting and... You know, I could tell he wasn't really that spiritual, and and I and I found myself holding back, thinking, "Oh, oh, okay, should I? I don't want to be too much." And I was like, "Hold on a minute. If someone doesn't like you for you, at least they're gonna know now. Like, you know, you don't want to find out. Yeah, before you get any more into yeah, it. So just be, just being mm-hmm. purely myself, fully trusting, um, and just being, yeah, in my energy. Oh, I love that. So what I was going to say is another thing that I say in my book that is some of the most helpful advice. And it's so fucking, it's real basic bitch stuff here, but it's like no one ever talks about this. Everyone says, just be yourself. But with some people, you can't just be yourself. So what I say is notice where you are just being yourself. Notice the people, like if you, so for example, if you're in that dynamic and there's some guy that like, and I used to do this all the time, it's like exactly what you said. Like I would be like, oh, he's important. He's got a big following or he's whatever. And I would, I would change. And when I met Joe, this is the feeling. (laughs) This might not sound desirable to some people, but it fucking was to me. It was like unbuttoning my jeans after a Sunday lunch, (laughs) like big old roast, just like, oh, just I can be me I don't have to put on a show it's like I didn't have to try to be me you can't try to be you if you're trying to be you it's a performance and all that means is this isn't the right dynamic now of course you could feel that like if you see them and you haven't spoken to the person and you know who they are and they've got a big following whatever um because you haven't had that connection you could then have a connection with them and for whatever reason you completely feel yourself so it's not about the external things but like, it's just really interesting to note with yourself, like, where am I editing myself? 
Where am I editing myself? And this is the same with women, by the way, because I, I absolutely could do it with women that I admired because of their they had a big following or their career and blah, blah, blah. And I put them on a pedestal. And that's something I have really had to look at. Like, I'll be honest, since like, you know, the last few years, I've done so much work in my love life. It's like now it's I'm doing the same work in my room, um, in my friendships and my relationships with women. This is not I don't think talked about like in fact I could probably I probably end up one day writing a, a whole book on that because the the things that I've had to clear up and heal around romance I've had to do the same with women um that, that's just a little side note um so okay so what else do I want to ask you what else do I want to ask you how long have you been recording for I don't even know oh 34 minutes wow okay so um what would you say any other so we've talked about the identity piece for making yourself um stepping into that identity of whatever it is you want to attract um and I really want to challenge you Kim that now you've said that because you've got like you've got the how you're showing up in your life in a like in a kind of um high vibration frequency around money around your clothes around how you look all of that stuff so I love that you said there it's like oh I need it's the calmness it's the not swiping like lunatic it's the it's just all of those sorts of behaviors so what else could someone do to get themselves in a really good place to manifest whatever it is whether it's romance or just anything good in their life what other tools are there yeah, I think it is having tools. It's having things that you can just whip out. You know, if you've got 10 minutes and you're feeling like you're out of alignment, almost like a bit of a vibrational menu. So the starter could be, yeah. you know, a little 10-minute Abraham Hicks or oh, obsessed. Oh, freaking sense. Yeah, me too. All the time when I'm doing my makeup, yeah, just whack yeah. it on. And then yeah. the main course could be having a bath. Like, times I have a bath I'm like I'm really giving myself some love shaving my legs exfoliating my body things that I never have time to do and just giving myself more time Mm -hmm. because alignment just comes to going back to yourself so if you're not manifesting because you're not in alignment with your higher self so it's just going back to this place of allowing and receiving and just just feeling calm so like having a bath an hour without the kids and just like giving yourself a pamper is a really, really good thing. And then the dessert could be self-pleasure session. Oh, yeah. Lovely dessert. Maybe whilst eating <laughs> cake. <laughs> what, like, <laughs> I have been known to do something like that oh before. My. Actually, that might be too much information. It wasn't a self-pleasure session. It was, it, but it was a pleasure session. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Because even like self-pleasure, like, I mean, I, I feel quite free talking about this now because, you know, I've been like in a six months pleasure mastery course where we were self-pleasure, self-pleasuring with 50 women on Zoom. So like, I'm, I'm all good talking about it. Ooh, with the sound on or off. You can leave your camera on if you're a little bit, you know, or you're a sick, but I was off. <laughs> I was going to say, what about the sound? Because oh as well, like when you're right with sex and it, you also freedom isn't just financial it's emotional it's sexual it's being okay with all of that that when you can feel fully expressed that's when you then meet an incredible partner that matches that as well so um mm-hmm. what was I saying self-pleasure yeah so I used to spend five minutes just basically having self-pleasure very masculine just like five minutes job done I'm like okay I'll spend an hour I'll do all the things and that really gets them back into alignment because orgasm, sex magic is the best time to manifest when you're having an orgasm. Oh, t- say more about that. Say more about that. <laughs> okay, so obviously you've got different chakras of the body, okay? And when you when you open up your, your base chakra, you know, where your, where your sex organs are and you're, you're in this such a high vibrational frequency when you're orgasming. It's literally this portal that, that life enters your body. Like, you know, the purpose of having sex is, of course, pleasurable, is for two people to create a baby. So, like, there's this portal where energy comes in that can co-create a human being, and it's just this magical portal. And, yeah, so you know, if I'm having an orgasm, I'll, I'll like really like hold my manifestations in my third eye and I'll like, I'll breathe it up and I'll breathe it up and I'll just be like holding the feeling 
because you just need to hold the feeling for 17 seconds to to really have it manifest you know getting back into alignment can literally mm-hmm. take 17 seconds um and that's really good so yeah okay right that's homework for everyone listening to this episode go and have a good old time with yourself um what do you recommend because i know there's like there's all sorts of recommendations of like what to use obviously you can you can do it basic bitch style and use your hand like (laughs) but what else what would you recommend for self-pleasuring these days i've been re-watching grace and frankie you know have you seen grace and frankie (gasps) kim you've got to trust me on this Grace and Frankie on Netflix is basically about two old women, one being Jane Fonda and the other, I can't remember the other actress, but she's brilliant. And they're like the most opposite women you could ever imagine. And their husbands, at the, in the first episode, like their, their husbands who they've been with forever, their law partners come out as gay. There's not really a spoiler. That's what the whole thing's based on. And they've been in a relationship with each other for like decades. And so these women become best friends and they like end up like setting up a... Um, like a business selling vibrators for like women in their seventies. And it's just, it's just like the most feel good thing in the world. Um, I actually would highly recommend it. If you want to get into a good vibration and manifestation zone, watch Grace and Frankie Ooh. on Netflix. You'll love it. So anyway, that was just talk about vibrators. So would you recommend a vibrator? Would you recommend, what would you say? I would absolutely avoid all vibrators at all costs because it just Oh yeah, it, it numbs your whole yoni. Mm. Yoni is sunscreen for vagina, right. um, uh, and so I, I I felt quite numb to be honest because you know I was I was using them, and, mm. and what I've come to realise is like there's such pleasure in just slight sensation. So you know you use your hands, mm. you can use a yoni egg, you can get crystal ones. Crystal ones are like really high vibration. So yeah, crystal ones hands. Get on, uh, probably not Amazon for that. <laughs> well, you never know, but I wouldn't go there. There's, oh, is it Yoni? There's a place that's Yoni really Palace. good for all these sort of things. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Mel, uh, Mel Wells has a discount code on her Instagram handle. Oh, yeah. great. Go and have a look at Mel Wells' Instagram handle for a discount. I actually got something called a sacred squirter from there. Which <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> I'll send you oh, a photo after. It's called a sacred squirter, and it does what it says on the tin, basically. Oh my god! Does it actually? Work? Well, do you know? Do you know what? I'll be honest. Like, I tried it a couple of times. It didn't quite work for me, but it's just a really nice ornament. It looks really pretty. It's next to my butt plug, which I never use. But this is this. Is- <laughs> <laughs> I got, that is a sentence I did not expect to hear in this podcast. It's next to my butt plug. I fucking love that. <laughs> This is the kind of friends that I have, okay? They buy people butt plugs for presents just because. So um, my... That's now what I'm going to do for my friends. I never know what to get them. I'm going to get them all butt plugs. Yeah, they've got a cute little heart at the end. No, my, my friends are basically massive anal Lovely. fans, Gina and Vincent. Like, they're, they're obsessed about it. And, um, yeah, they're, they're trying to recruit me, but I'm, I'm not recruited as yet. I'm not enrolled. Oh, do you know what? It's not... F- well, li- listen, I haven't given the bum a fair trial, but I just... Oh, maybe I should, but I just don't want to. <laughs> I be, But you know what? I, I have known people who've been converts. It's just that, you know, when I've, I've dipped... I was going to say dip my toe. Well, dip something else in there. <laughs> this is becoming quite pornographic. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it to go this way, but oh well. Um, if this is your first ever episode listening, then yeah, I was going to say it's not. It doesn't get this bad, but I think it might carry on this bad from now on because I'm I'm really enjoying this episode. <laughs> okay, so how do we get to butt plugs? Wait, hold on. Get a butt plug? No. Well, how do we get to butt plugs? It's like a it's like a pink crystal. It looks really nice on a stand. So it's this little it's ornament. I've got a little ornament stand that looks fun, but I don't. Really I hope you've given it a wash, babe. <laughs> Oh my god, so funny! (laughs) Oh god, I could do this all day. Look, let's normalize sex. Let's normalize pleasure. Like I live in a house of sex coaches. They're like, like, I'm just going to go self pleasure for an hour. And how was it, babe? It was amazing. Like it's so normalized here, and it's just so nourishing because, like, my my upbringing in England was just so like, oh, crude and. 
I noticed that that was a real blockage for me, yeah. which didn't help me to access my feminine. And it's really helped me to now embody more of that because of that pleasure. Oh, God, you know, I think I might have to come and stay with you girls for a week in Bali. I think that's probably just what the doctor ordered. Oh, my God. <laughs> Although I hope you have a spare room because you're probably like, sorry, I'm just going to your room, self-pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I love it. Okay, listen, let me get back to asking you the final few questions. Um, okay, oh, I like this question. Kim, what love life advice would you give to your 15-year-old self? Never settle. Know your worth. You're a queen. And it's okay to be provided for. Say that last bit again. It's okay to be provided for. Sorry. <gasps> oh, I love that. It's okay to be provided for. I think all of us women could do with being reminded of that. It doesn't, and I just want to like pre preface, I don't know if that's the right word, by saying this is not about like, oh, you never do anything and you just, you know, click your fingers and expect a man to pay for everything. It's not saying that. It's it's living from the energy of, I think as well, like being provided for by the universe, by, by other people. Because I think like as women, generally speaking, we feel we have to do it all nowadays. Like there's so much, but we've got to, we've got to be the career woman. We've got to be the mother. We've got to be the amazing partner. We've got to have the beautiful house. Like there's just, it's, and and we, it never feels good enough and that's you know perfectionism and all the stress that can come with that so I love what you said there is actually we are allowed to have someone support us and like in different ways like day-to-day moment-to-moment so that was I really needed to, to hear that um yeah, and, I love that and also like, okay what, what's one there's thing there's no point manifesting go on sorry there's, there's no point manifesting more if you're not letting it in and not receiving so as a woman, being able to receive from a man is the same as receiving from the universe. Ooh, yes. And it's remembering, like we said, like I think right at the start, that men really enjoy giving. It's even thinking, oh, we're, we're going to go back to sex, guys, but I remember hearing someone say it's like, with a man, with their willy, just like, let's say it, it's like that's something that goes in. It's like it, it gives. Whereas a woman's vagina, it's like opens and receives, like literally the act of sex in itself. And I don't see that as being weakness, you know, that I think sometimes people can get it twisted. That, um, you know, I had one guy say to me, like, oh, like, you put like, yeah, a man puts it in, a woman lets it in. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, yeah, so that's that's an equal energy exchange, actually. So don't know how I, what you know, that was a, a random little um, twist back to sex, but I couldn't resist. <laughs> okay. What is one thing you don't want people to know about you? Mm, that sometimes I don't feel good enough. I don't feel pretty enough. I don't feel like I have it together enough. And sometimes I do fear being alone on my own. Mm. Mm. You know, I think that um, most of the times I've asked that question, everyone said something to that effect, which just goes to show that underneath it all, we all have the same fears. We all have the same, you know, worries around um around not being good enough it manifests like wherever you're at in life whether you're married got five kids like it's still feeling I'm not a good enough mother I'm not whatever it is so thank you for sharing that so vulnerably um before I ask my final question where can people find out about your more about you and your work so instagram at kimmella underscore also kimmella.com um, I do a, a range of things from, I have an incredible Arbon business, uh, which I'm super passionate about. I do group coaching. I've got a, a program running at the moment called Magnetic to help women to like turn on their magnet, attract what the fuck they want in life. And I also have a couple of spaces open for one-on-one -on -one coaching as well. Um, yeah, that's it. Kimmel.com. Oh, and Soul Beautiful. The Soul Digger podcast as well. Yeah, the, the Soul Digger. Oh, yes. <laughs> 
an amazing podcast at Soul Digger. I love, I love, love, love that podcast so much. Love being on it. Okay, final question, Kim. What is the number one piece of advice for the single women who are listening to this and they haven't yet met their person and they are worried they won't, which is something that you've touched on yourself today. So this is, I guess, just a message that you say to yourself as well when you're Mm -hmm. feeling that fear. Well, worrying is praying for something that you don't want. So wake up tomorrow and just say, knowing that it's done, knowing that we've met on some level, how do I choose to feel today? And I like to imagine that he's, he's somewhere in his house, also doing the work, preparing for me. He's over there praying for me, wondering when we're going to meet. So excited, but also a little bit fearful of, is it going to happen? And I just imagine both of us doing our work to, to be a match for each other. And that feels really good to like imagine that. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Thank you so much for being such um, such an honest guest and sharing so vulnerably and being hilarious and talking about butt plugs. Like it, that is my cup of tea. <laughs> you really are. You're a bit of my cup of tea, babes. Thank you so much. You've been wonderful. Oh, thank you so much for being such an inspiration. And I was a little bit starstruck when you asked me to be on your podcast because, like, I just think you're incredible. And your book is amazing. You're going to be in vogue. Babes, Oprah's going to be ringing you soon, being like, that's a tweetable moment from Prudel Lawson. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, where's my man? I'm like, where is Oprah? Why hasn't she called? <laughs> one of these days, one of these days. Anyway, babes, thank you so much. This has been great. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. I really do hope these episodes help you find dates that become mates and flings that become things with men who are ready, willing, and able to actually commit. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and leave me a review if you're getting value from these episodes. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other people who want or need the support. To have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. See you next week, gorgeous. I release a new episode every Tuesday. But until then, remember, love is coming for you. So surrender to the festival that is life on planet Earth and trust that what misses you was not meant for you and what's meant for you will not miss you, including your soulmate. <laughs>